The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the never being long enough and weekend of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who never wastes his weekends. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I'm okay. I can't say that. I never waste my weekends, though, because, I, well, I guess I do waste a lot of my weekends. At least I used to. <laughs> it's a lot different now that I have a kid, I can't say. Like, usually you make the most out of them, but, you know, I miss lazy weekends. But are lazy weekends a waste? Like, if you really need some time to recoup and recover just from life, is that really a waste? No, I, I mean, yeah, I suppose it's all opinionated, but... uh Maybe non-productive would have been the better word for, for uh, in my brain, because <laughs> oh, yeah, you use the right words. I just <laughs> took them the wrong way. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a weekend for sure. Anything exciting happened? We went to Hot Wheels Live. Ooh, and were they live? No, I mean, okay, yes. They weren't doing anything. It was a drive-through experience. So it was monster trucks mostly, and then there were some like Hot Wheels cars. But we surprised my son with it, and it was all right. It was short. I don't know what I was expecting though, so uh, it was fine. A lot of traffic. You're just sitting in behind cars in the overflow parking lot for the Patriots Stadium. So <laughs> they okay. just filled that up, and you drive through it. Um, but we got some good pictures. He enjoyed it. That's the most important part, right? So that's all that okay. matters. Because I did see some of those pictures, and that's what that you had posted. That's what that was from. Was Hot Wheels Live? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I I hadn't seen a and not and I'm sure it existed, but I didn't see like a picture indicating what the event was. Yeah. So I was just like, <laughs> I wonder what this is. I'm not super great at tagging things on Facebook. I just put stuff up now. No, that's okay. I just was very uh, hmm. curious about what it was. Speaking of things on Facebook, Josh. I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed in you. Oh, great. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, we recorded our first episode of Dollar Cinema, which is we now available did. to patrons. So please go check that oh. out. Um, but, Josh, yeah, like a day before that, <laughs> you had posted, or maybe that earlier that day. It even, was the day before. <laughs> you had posted a picture of yourself with a mustache. Uh-huh. And, a and I was patch. so hoping that for Dollar Cinema, you would show up to record with a mustache. But when you showed up, Josh, no mustache to be found. No, I CG'd it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that CG was far better than the CG in Justice League. So yeah. No, my wife should have hired you. did not let it stay. Who did not let it stay? My wife. Why? I thought it looked really nice. Thanks. I made it. I made her think I was going to keep it. I did. I went the whole day without shaving it, and I shaved it when she went to bed. Um, she she came home and she's like, "Shave it, shave it off right now." I was wow. Like, okay. Said no, and she goes, 
She just can't look at me with a straight face. And then she comes back and she goes, no, I wasn't kidding. Go into the bathroom and shave that now. I said, no, I'm keeping it. <laughs> so do you get to dictate to her what her hair looks like? No, I don't because she cuts it super short and I like long hair and she knows that. I feel like she does it to spite me more than anything else. <laughs> I feel like there's a double standard here, Josh. There certainly is a double standard, but what can I do? If I try to challenge it, it only makes my life worse. <laughs> you could talk about it and come to a compromise, perhaps, and say, hey, you know, you like to keep your hair short. Yeah. I like my mustache. I feel like if we can each keep the things that we enjoy. Yeah, I'll grow it back. I was feeling it for a day. Because uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Like you know, most people with mustaches look like creepers, but you did not look like a creeper with a mustache. I agree with you. I was worried that I would, and I think if I had just shaved it a little bit more in more, I would have. So I think I had the right. I agree there. The, the I right agree sides. there. I agree there. I think uh, it was nicely, nicely sculpted. Yeah, thanks. I was also thinking with the mask, you know, I could kind of wear whatever I want for facial hair because no one's going to see it. True. <laughs> That's very true. So uh, how are things going at school? Are things swell? <laughs> so tomorrow we have full hybrid learning. The last week we just had special needs. So now, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the, the, the test. The big test. Gotcha. It's not going to go well. They didn't know how to handle 30 kids in an entire high school. They're not going to be able to handle 500. <laughs> so do parents get to pick whether their students come back face-to-face -face or stay online? Yeah, how does that work? about half okay. of the kids are staying hybrid. Or staying online? Yeah, but the uh, Board of Education decided that they're forcing dates on when kids have to go back to earn credit, which means oh. they're basically saying like, hey – we yeah. know you did school all year, but if you don't go back by April 25th, you, your credits None of that counts. <laughs> yeah, there's something similar to that in my state as well, which is kind of a bummer because, uh, yeah. It's kind of backwards, but what, what can you do? What choice do you have at that point then, right? <laughs> Unless you're going to completely repeat a grade. Speaking of which, really briefly, and I, I promise listeners, we will get onto the show here quickly. Uh, Josh, and maybe I don't know how in tune you are with this, but Josh, do people graduate from high school early often in your state? Um, I wouldn't say early, but the, our seniors get out earlier than every grade. Like how much earlier? Uh, they get out about three weeks earlier. Okay. So that not totally unusual. I don't think I think in most states, I mean, when I was in high school, we got out like a week earlier, not yeah. three, but where I live now. It is completely not uncommon for students not to have to attend their second semester of their senior year. Oh, wow. Because they just have enough credits to graduate. Oh, you know what? That happened to me when I was in high school. Okay. But they just made us go, but we didn't have classes. So me and like two or th three or four other kids were just like um, loiter. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. In yeah I, <laughs> I had never heard of this before prior to moving to the state I currently live in because I definitely did not have that option. Or let me rephrase. If I had that option, nobody told me. No, I, I told you you were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just am like, well, if you, if people are done, like why, like if people could finish early, shouldn't we have like teach them more things? Like, I don't know. It right. seems like maybe we should teach them more stuff. I don't know. I couldn't believe that. Like I have so many students that I talk to, especially prospective students. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I. Finished classes in December, so, you know, I'm just kind of taking this semester now to figure out my next steps. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I, I guess that's cool. That's fine. Like, that's a 
cool opportunity, I guess. But I just was that was such a new concept to me before yeah. I moved to this. Like, oof. But anyway, Josh, let's get on with the show. Okay. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or also over on Instagram, Board with VG there as well. We're a proud part of Place of Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do and get access to things like Dollar Cinema, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, Josh, you know, typical format this week, three topics a person. So what is your first topic this week? Uh, what is my first topic? Great question. Well, Keyforge finds new life, I put a question mark, in cooperative game mode. And I'm not reading it as a question mark. <laughs> uh, so uh, I got, this is from Dicebreaker.com, uh, but I did get an email from them, uh, I want to say, a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't think too much of it at first because it's like a print and play. And I guess for some reason in my brain that signifies less quality. I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Right. Um, but I th- I do think like quality is very wa- vastly with the uh, free to print stuff. Um, that being said, uh, now you can team up with another player for uh, uh for the option of two different scenarios in Keyforge Adventures is what they're calling it. Um, it's a free-to-play co-op game mode, um, and it's based on the underwater setting introducing introducing the Dark Tidings expansion, which I think is the newest of their expansions. The first two pieces of content um, uh, have players answering a distress call from the Logos organization. Um, it's a deep-sea observa- observatory. Oh, boy. Uh, for the society has recently gone quiet, um, so you're going to investigate that. Uh, you have uh, the key Rackin you have to fight, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny and cool. Um, there's obviously uh, specific ways to fight them. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I don't really know what Keyforge stands now as far as um, how successful it is and how they're doing. But it, they're still releasing expansions, which is a good thing. Um, I should mention that this will be free to download in late April, and the second one will come out sometime in May. Uh, Keyforge is a game I still haven't played all my decks yet. I still I do miss playing it. Um, but, of course, you know we had a whole thing that happened last year that kind of kept me from being able to do that. So uh, <laughs> right. it's kind of a bummer. Uh what I guess I would ask you first is knowing like what we talked about for Keyforge and maybe some of the reasons you didn't want to play it, do you think does this offer you like make you even second guess wanting to try th- this game now? Well, maybe. I hmm I'm really interested in Keyforge. I always have been because I think from a concept standpoint it's a really interesting uh and unique way to create a game. But I look at 
what Keyforge is and the idea of how you don't have to chase things, right? That was kind of the idea of you don't have to chase rares, you don't have to chase mythics. Like you get a unique deck, someone else gets a unique deck. Theoretically, they're relatively balanced or capable against one another and you just go to town and, and you see what happens. But when I look at Keyforge on the Fantasy Flight website, there's Keyforge Call of the Archons, which was the first one. Yeah. Dark Tidings, Worlds Collide, Age of Ascension, and now Mass Mutation. Yeah. So they really have continued in in the time since Call of the Archons came out, just can keep adding and adding and adding to this. And you can't even get the initial stuff anymore. Like you can't get Call of the Archons, the um, two-player starter set. Like you can't even get that anymore. Yeah. Um, so it is one of the big things for me. I think Dark Tidings is the next one. Okay. Um, I think that Mass Mutation is the most recent and Dark Tidings is next. Because Worlds Collide was the second one. Is that right? Uh, let me see. I'm looking up at it. I have the other. I have two of the other sets. Okay. But of course, my horrible vision. No, it's okay. <laughs> Not this. Oh, shoot. What was the second one? The second one was blue. The third one was purple. I don't know if you okay. see that. So yeah. So the second one then was Age of Ascension. Yeah. Age of Ascension. Um, yep. Yep. And then purple was Worlds Collide. Yeah. Yep. So then Mass Mutation is right now. And then, like I said, the... Um, uh, Dark Tidings is pre-order hmm. available now. As you see, it is upcoming. Uh, so, you know, it just does feel like Fantasy Flight is doing to this product what they do to all of their other products of here's more and here's more and here's more yeah. and here's more. And even though maybe you don't have chase rares, my assumption is is that the newer decks are probably more competitive than the older decks. Maybe that's not true. I could be completely wrong about that. But often in card games that is the way these things go so i am more interested knowing there's this co-op version to play but i would probably be far more interested if there this was and now i'm going to sound like i'm being a hypocrite <laughs> if this was a box product that you could buy right from fantasy flight of like here is the co-op version of keyforge instead it's like hey buy keyforge and now here's this thing you can download yeah yeah so Cool that they're offering it for free for those who already have it so they don't have to buy more. I do think that is nice. Uh, but because it is downloaded from Fantasy Flight, I feel they are less confident in it. Otherwise, I feel like they would charge you for it. Yeah, it does seem weird that they, they put out all these. Um, when a new set launches, they have all the, these different versions of starter sets now. When they started like beefing up their... like, um, I don't know if it was... Wh- they have like extra special cases and stuff like that, but really it's still just like one deck or two decks. So you could just do a co-op deck that comes with the co-op rules and two packs. Because realistically, if you want to play this co-op, you just have to go buy two decks and you can play. Yep. One for each person. So um, it is interesting that they're doing it that way, but they definitely should be on the marketing for it as well. So. It is interesting, but but speaking of co-op, my question to the two of us is, if if we could, and if you wanted to, what game would you want to add a co-op mode to? That's a really good question. Do you have an answer for this since you posed the question? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I was trying to think of a lot of the games where um, we're playing, and I think almost every game that we play now, for the most part, has been cooperative, at least in current times. 
Uh, but if I'm going to stick to this kind of key forge, even like legendary Marvel, like we were talking about before, I think it would be really cool to see Ascension's take on a cooperative um, game. I know Ascension's, Ascension Tactics is a Kickstarter, but that's mm-hmm. that's a full-on minis game and everything. With Ascension having so many expansions... I think it, and then and like and then doing skull and sales, which kind of like changes the mold. I think it would be interesting to see them do a, a cooperative um, game, like just a standalone cooperative Ascension set that comes out, where they take maybe even they take like some of the like popular cards um, from their previous sets and make them like the bad guys or something. Right. That's interesting. I like that idea. That's that's very cool. Um, have you played the Tower of Babel expansion for Seven Wonders? No, I haven't. Okay. I have not either. But from what I understand about that expansion is basically you have this Tower of Babel in the middle and that you can choose to participate in help building it. Um, and everyone can choose to help kind of build the structure. And if you do, you get the benefit. But if you don't, uh, I don't believe you're penalized. You just don't get the benefit of contributing to this thing in what is otherwise a um, competitive game. You can all kind of choose to work together to create this Tower of Babel, is my understanding. If that's not the way it works, that's totally not relevant for my next point, but that's <laughs> kind of what I was thinking of is that concept uh, when I think, and maybe this already exists, so you'll have to, you'll know, you know this game better than I do, something similar for Azul, where you'd have a set pattern in the middle that all of you build on your boards and then you'd have the choice of like, oh, I could put this thing on my board or I could put it on the center board. Uh, so if I created my bottom row of blue, I could choose then to put it like on the center board instead of my board and there'd be some benefit to that. Right. Or if you wanted to make it fully cooperative, you could all try to work that way and make the entire center and then you could just score it based off how well you did, higher the score, you know, you did better, nice job. Yeah. But I think it'd be really cool to incorporate something like that into Azul um, where – there's a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, a little bit of like how you're going to draft the stuff. Uh, I think that could be a fun addition to that game. Nice. I do have the Babel expansion, so maybe I have played it and I just don't remember it. I'm just looking over my shoulder and it's just like leering at me. <laughs> you have <laughs> I, and I, Yeah, I assumed you had it because I know how much you love Seven Wonders. Yeah. I just didn't know if you had played it or not. And like I said, that is my understanding of how that is played. I don't even have the Tower of Babel expansion, so that could be wrong, but that's... Either way, that is how I got to where I was thinking with Azul. I think so. I'm mixing it up with um, um, what is the game that has a pyramid expansion? Is that Seven Wonders or is that Catan? A pyramid expansion. Yeah, because now um, I know I have a game that we played a separate boxed expansion that is a pyramid, and I don't think it's Seven Wonders because. Is the Pyramids of Egypt? Is that no, it? Literally, is just the Pyramids of Egypt. The game? <laughs> no, <laughs> the actual wonder of the world. <laughs> okay, so it's not Seven Wonders, is it? Catan? No, I'm gonna have to look it up because now it's gonna kill me. It's probably. I think it's probably just right in the other room or even in here. <laughs> but. <laughs> Because immediately where I went to was in, like, Seven Wonders Duel. You put the cards out in a pyramid. <laughs> that's yeah. where I was like, but that's not probably what we were looking for. So, 
Well, I'm gonna but, I'm gonna figure it out, and then I'm just gonna tell you not that you care, but because I need to tell you. <laughs> well, that's okay. For, for I, me to feel I better. definitely <laughs> get that way sometimes too, where you're just like, I just need to know what this thing is. Um, and I'm trying to think because what I'm trying to think of is all of the expansions for Seven Wonders, and I don't even know if I could think of them all, but there's Armada, right, yeah. and Babel, and then there was cities uh, and leaders. Cities and leaders, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Was that it? Yep. So now I'm really wondering what the heck I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll figure it out. It's it, it's going to be funny because it's not even going to be a pyramid. I'm going to find it and I'm like, wait, what was I even <laughs> doing? <laughs> it's like something from like, uh, oh, now I'm th- blanking on the game I'm trying to think of, but that's fine. Cool. Anything else you want to say about uh, Keyforge and games that maybe should have some co-op? No, I think, uh, well, I, I don't know. We live in this world where most of the games I even look at now are co-op because of necessity. Uh-huh. So I don't find myself with a lack of options. So I, I like that we have all these options and that they're still making things, even if they're uh, print-on, print-up print up expansions. Gotcha. All right, Josh. So for my first story, I want to ask really quick, have you looked at the links I have put in the show notes? Uh, I looked at, did I see them? Yes. Did I open them? No. (laughs) Okay, don't open them then, because we're going to have some fun with this. All right. Uh, All right. So my first topic is to talk about board game sales in the fall of 2020. Uh, We're going to see how Josh does. It just kind of guesses at some some (laughs) games that are going to be on here. Now, like I said, I'm not going to ask you to place these perfectly i'm just going to give you a category i'm just going to guess a few games that you think might show up in the top okay. 10 okay so we're starting with collectible games obviously collectible games those you know where you go buy packs of cards uh and try to get the game the the uh pieces you're looking for or yeah. the cards you're looking for and i say pieces because sometimes they're not actually just straight cards sometimes sure. you are buying items uh so josh when you think of collectible games what do you what what, what games do you think might be on this list well, I mean, right now, if you're on the internet, you 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 can't not say Pokemon because yes. apparently you can become a millionaire by buying Pokemon packs now. True. <laughs> uh, so I would imagine Pokemon, Magic the Gathering. Um, I don't know if Dice Masters still hits for that, but I would used to think Dice Masters. Um. Collectible card games. Uh, is Yu-Gi-Oh still a thing? I can tell you that Yu-Gi-Oh is still a thing. Okay, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, is My Little Pony still up there, successful? It or is Transformers? Not on there <laughs> nope, neither of those. Okay, but you did good. You got the top three, to be honest. Nice. So here we go. Um, they actually have this broken down into mass channel and hobby channel. So we'll go through hobby first. Mass is going to be pretty straightforward. I think it's exactly what you think it is. Uh, but for hobby channel, top 10, starting at number 10, Josh, how many, and let me know if you've heard of these games. Vice Schwarz. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> okay. Nope. Uh, number nine is Hero Clicks. Yeah. Okay. Number eight, Pathfinder Battles. Yep. Okay. Seven, Card Fight Vanguard. Uh, No. Okay, and I actually should probably read that right. Card fight! Vanguard, because there's some explanation points there. Uh, number six is Dragon Ball Super. I uh, don't know. Nope. Okay, number five, Flesh and Blood. No. Okay, number four is D&D Icons of the Realms. Yes. Okay, number three is Yu-Gi-Oh. I have heard of that, yeah. Yeah, number two is Pokemon, and number one, Magic the Gathering. So that's from the Hobby Channel. Now, when you flip it to the Mass Channel, though, they only have three games listed, 
um, and their Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic and Pokemon. But surprisingly, it's exactly that order where Yu-Gi-Oh! is number three, Magic is number two, and Pokemon is number one. Oh. Which means for the top five overall, uh, Pokemon is the number one collectible card game from fall 2020. Wow. Yeah, so magic is magic is sliding, magic is slipping, and I think I'm going to anticipate that continues because, like you said, I think if anything, especially starting in January this year, Pokemon became far more popular and really, I mean, got to the point where they're limiting the number of packs you can purchase at stores. Like Pokemon has become very, very hard to come by. So I think that Pokemon's reign there is going to continue. Uh, anything surprising out of those top ten slash top three? Um. I would say maybe because maybe with those titles I never heard of, but like, I mean, you know, board games are worldwide, card games are worldwide. So I'm sure that those are just either things I haven't seen at my local store or overseas games. Yeah. Interesting thing about this, too, is that uh, Bushi Road, um, who publishes Vice Fars and Cardfight Vanguard, had two games in the top 10. WizKids has three between Heroclix, Pathfinder Battles, and D&D Icons of the Realms. Yeah. Um, one thing, and I don't know why I didn't realize this, but I probably should have realized this. I didn't realize that Yu-Gi-Oh! was a Konami property. Yeah. Yep. So that's why Konami, I guess, is still raking in the dough. Um, I just never really realized that. Or maybe I knew it but never thought about it. But yeah, there you go. So those are the top five, 10 collectible card games. Nice. Now we're going to move on to hobby board games. So this is specifically only the hobby channel. This does not include any mass market. So Josh, fall 2020. Yeah. Hobby board games. If you had to pick just a few, what do you think might show up in this top 10? Uh, all right. Gloomhaven, Wingspan, uh, Twilight Imperium. For whatever it is, fourth edition, fourth edition. <laughs> volume two, episode one. <laughs> um, oh, what's that? Um, that game that William was talking about, the space one, when you're in the ship, aren't you in the ship for a lot of space ones? Ugh, yeah, it's like he's described it as like alien, but oh, why can't I think of it? Oh, well, well if I can't think of it, <laughs> maybe it's not that popular. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I'm. This might be a blind spot for me because I don't actively look at the top, like the hot list on BGG, mm-hmm. um, which I would imagine probably represents most of it. Um, lo- I would actually argue that probably the hot list doesn't represent most of it. Really? Yep. Uh, if we're thinking, uh, were you talking about Nemesis? Nemesis. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of. Uh, I guess if we're thinking of like people locked in their houses, I mean. <laughs> I think we're realizing more and more people weren't locked in their houses and just yeah, no smart kidding. ones were. Uh, no offense if you're listening and you were going out um, and being irresponsible. Um, <laughs> uh, shoot. What would I... Okay, if I walk into a Target... <laughs> and Remember, I'm a, this is hobby. Yeah, but they still have hobby board games there. They do. They do. I'm not... I mean, because you can buy Rise of Tribes at Walmart for... Uh, would Villainous make that? I don't know that it would be in the top, but shoot. I don't hey, know. You're, wel- you're welcome to stop whenever you'd like. I'm stopping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've gotten two of them, so that's pretty good. Uh, number 10, Quacks of Quedlinburg. Oh, nice. Good. Number nine, Catan. Yeah. See, that should have been the first thing I said. Yeah. Number eight, Unmatched. Oh, man. That's so good that it's on the list. Yeah. Number seven is Azul. 
Yeah. Number six, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Oh, my God. These are just all of our favorite games. <laughs> yeah. Number five is Gloomhaven. Yeah. Number five. Now, this, one, shame. <laughs> this one, I understand why it's on the list, but I really am surprised that like hobby channels, this is- Jeff where, Fox, Riley, Monopoly? Uh, no, but number four is Monopoly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, number three, Wingspan. So yeah. those are the two you got. Uh, number two, Root. Oh. And number one, Pandemic. The irony. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? So those are the top 10 hobby board games for fall 2020. And like I said, I don't think it necessarily represents the hotness. I think, obviously, most of those are either, I mean, not necessarily evergreen games, but games that have had been popular for, for the most of them for quite some time. Former hotness. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, Unmatched is a little newer. But for the most part, you know, Azul has been pretty stable since 2018. Gloomhaven's big since just around then as well. Obviously, Wingspan has been kind of holding things down. So for the most part, uh, not a ton new. And then randomly Monopoly on there. So there we go. But those are the top 10 hobby for fall. Final one then, top 10 card and dice games, hmm. which is always a little confusing sometimes when they separate these. Because some of these that are on here, I'm like, is this really a card and dice game? But I guess technically it is. So again, hobby channel, Josh. Yes. So focusing mostly on those, but I think when it comes to especially card and dice games, uh, many, many, many of these you could probably find at Target or Walmart. I will tell you that much to okay. start with. Uh, so Josh, what do you think might be on here? Uno, Yahtzee, Code Names, Code Names Pictures, Code Names Disney, Code Here's Names Marvel. Really quick. There's only one code names on here. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, one of the code names. Um, uh, did I say Uno and Yahtzee? I did. Uh, card and dice games. Dominoes. <laughs> uh, oh, Cards Against Humanity. Uh, exploding Kittens. Unstable Unicorns. That's I'm just going to stop because I could probably. No, that's good. You did really well. You got four of them. So that was really good. Um, a couple of them that are not. You actually mentioned a couple things that I thought would be on here that are not. Uh, so number 10, Unstable Unicorns. Hey. Yep. Very well done. Number nine is Werewolf. Oh, yep. Yep. yep, yep, yep number yep. eight, D&D &D Great Del Moody. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that is. Uh, number seven, Uno. Hold on. I have to look up D&D &D Great Del Moody. <laughs> D-A-L-M-U-T-I. D-A-L-M-U-T-I. Yep, M-U-T-I. Great. Dal Moody. Oh, come on. Oh, I put dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's why nothing came up. The Great Dal Moody. A fast-paced card game of one-upmanship. Oh, it's uh, like a numbered drawing card game. It looks like Love Letter almost. Oh, okay. Or well, actually, go. Love Letter is probably not an apt comparison. Uh, Masquerade. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, number, like I said, number seven then was Uno. Number six, Marvel Champions. Whoa, really? A yeah. board game I've only ever seen in Barnes & Noble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number five, Century. Whoa. Card four, game? Yeah, that's what I said. Like, <laughs> ah, I mean, I guess technically it's all just cards. Uh, number four, Coup. Mm-hmm. Number three, Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Oh, the, the people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Number two, Exploding Kittens. Mm. And number one is Code Names. Speaking of Barnes & Noble, I haven't gone to one in quite some time, but one of the board game groups I'm in, they, someone posted a picture of 
uh, 50 different titles, 70% off at their Barnes and Nobles. Oh, really? And like good board good games. games. So mm-hmm. now I am going to have to make a trip. <laughs> I am going to have to make a trip to mine as well. But yeah. So there you go. The top 10 card dice games. Anything there surprising you at all? Um, I guess not really, The except for my uh, my audible surprise of Century being on that list. Yeah. Um, I'm happy it's on the list, but Agreed. I'm just surprised it's listed under card and dice games and not hobby board games. Yeah. Well, you know, and now part of Asmodee, so... Boo. I mean, indifferent. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, uh, Taco Cat Cochise Pizza, um, I, I guess I'm kind of surprised it's number three, but I, I, I also find it interesting that uh, Cards Against Humanity is not on the top ten. And how is Happy Salmon not in there? Yeah. There's, so there's a few things. Or Bananagrams. <laughs> right. Well, maybe they don't consider that a card or dice yeah. game. That's a tile game, maybe. I don't know. But there you go. Those are some of the top tens for the fall. So overall, mostly things that you would expect. Mostly names we've heard of, you know, for a, except for a gamer here or there that we hadn't heard of. But overall, <laughs> some good games for the most part. Um, you know, those collectible games, Josh, apparently we got to do a little more homework on because there's a lot of collectible card games that apparently we have no idea about. So there we go. Yeah. What is your second topic this week? Now I'm thinking, what what collectible card game am I going to have to start playing with my wife so I can be get my In finger on that pulse? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a bunch of the Transformer ones. We just haven't played it. Uh okay, sidetracked enough. More good news? Question mark for Bethesda game Xbox fans. Um, so shortly after we recorded the episode last week where we talked about all the Bethesda games coming, there was an announcement that a select uh, group of those games would also be getting the Xbox Series S slash slash X boost. Uh. And I believe the games we're talking about are um, Fallout, Prey, Dishonored, and Skyrim. And I could be wrong, and I'm sorry if I am wrong, but I believe those are the titles. There could be more. Fallout 4. Uh, yeah, so the, the while this does sound good, and it, probably, it still is good, because um, you're getting a frames boost, the problem is that this... Uh, Catch the catch is that the boost is at a lack of um, uh, is fidelity the right word I want to use uh, picture quality. You're, yeah. you're not getting 4K 60, you're getting 1080p. Um, I still stand by, and I feel I don't know if I'm a hypocrite with this, and you can help me with this. I still feel like I stand by the not there's not much of a difference between um, 4K and 1080 unless you're truly playing on like a um, uh, like a high-end 4K TV, and it is a game that is like features that well. But then I think of how you told me about performance mode in Spider-Man, right? And how much of a difference that made. I think it kind of turned my like opinion on its side because I was always like, "Can you really tell that much of a difference between 4K and 1080 on like a?" I don't know, 46 inch Dynex LCD TV. And I don't, and I don't know that that's, that was a, a unfair question to ask, but uh, seeing, so I decided to jump into some of these games and I jumped into Dishonored before this boost. And I just didn't think it looked very good. And I had uh, one of uh, uh, Garrett from the Nintendo Shack kind of commented and he was like, Oh, I'm really surprised 
you didn't think it looked good, what was it? And I kind of was like, well, maybe I was expecting it to be um, higher quality, but I was forgetting how old it was. And I don't know that graphically it's going to change any, but maybe maybe the frames um, would make that experience better for me. Um, so I don't know if I think this is more for people who have already played these games and want to revisit them, or if this is a valuable feature for people like me who haven't played these games and want to try them for the first time. Do you think this Series X Sash S uh, boost is really something helpful for a game like Prey or Dishonored, which is uh, a considerably older game? It's a good question. I think anytime you are improving the performance of a game is probably a good thing overall, but I also don't necessarily know if it leads to people fully committing to like replaying a game that often. I think it probably does for sure sometimes. Like I was super stoked about going back and playing Control and going back and playing God of War. Uh, and I started Control and I haven't finished it and I haven't even started God of War. <laughs> you know, like I was really excited about doing those things and then they haven't happened. And I think it's, uh, I, my guess would be a lot of people have downloaded these games to see what it's like. Right. But I don't know how many people are going to commit to now playing the game this way. Like, if you've never played it before and you were going to or were always interested, maybe this is the the um, bait you need to go in to kind of hook you into this experience. But for my perspective is, and maybe it's just who I follow online, maybe it's just our Discord, I feel like a lot of people will now go in, download these games, check out the improvements, but then they're going to go back to whatever else they were doing. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. And I do think for people who are maybe new, it, it will be helpful for them to experience the game in as quality of a situation or as quality of a uh, presentation as they can. I just don't know that for most people, this is going to suddenly make them replay a game. Now, I'm sure someone's going to comment and say, well, I replay this because of that. Yeah, and that's great. I'm just saying I don't think most people are now suddenly going to go back and do this. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. I think it's very good that they do do it because anyone who is now experiencing the game for the first time or want to can experience the game with you know higher frames per second, better visual fidelity, all of that good stuff. Um, for me, it probably just mean that I could you know quit playing Skyrim twice as fast because you know twice as many frames per second. Yeah. Well, actually, I did want to mention um, <laughs> this is from Digital Foundry, so. Uh, they did mention that it does work really well in Fallout, uh, but but they do say with Skyrim, they said it's night and day difference in that they cannot go back to playing it the old way after playing it with the FPS boost. Oh, probably. So I totally that, that is nice to hear that at least those those two games hold up like that. Um, yeah. But they 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 basically say like the other games, it's a nice it's a nice option, but it really isn't uh, game breaking. Like it's just a little boost. Yeah, I I really, man, Skyrim is one of those games I really wish that I've had a better experience with. I've mm. tried to play that game so many times, and it just has never really gotten hooks in me. Me too. <laughs> Must be Breath of the Wild. Thing. But now that we can play it at 60 <laughs> frames per second, Josh, maybe it'll get our, its hooks in us. I mean, I'm willing to try it. Like, really, there's no harm in trying it because I can just try it now instead of buying it three times to try it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can't because I don't have any of these consoles, but... Well, I mean, isn't it? Well, on PC, 
I would say, does this work on PC? I believe. Uh, no, it doesn't. Well, I guess on PC, it doesn't. It doesn't matter because you're already getting that. <laughs> I really got to hook up my new PC. Josh, I'm so excited about my new PC. I haven't hooked it up yet, though. Well, I'm excited that you're excited. That's all I'll say. Know what else I'm excited about? You're not. Ex- Wait, are you not excited that I got a new PC? No, I said I'm. No, I'm. I'm excited that you're excited. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not I saying you were I'm like, not whatever. excited. I'm just excited that. <laughs> It's more exciting to me that you're excited to have a new PC because I know what that feeling is like. Yeah, I just getting really a new set PC. it up. Yeah, you got to set which it up. Is, <laughs> I know, which is really intimidating, though, because I use it for work all the time. So I'm like, well, when I set, I can't just like set it up and like not worry about not getting everything set because like I need it for work. So I have to sit down and make sure everything is updated and everything is ready to go because whenever i set it up like i have to use it for work the next day well so you take this computer you put it in another room temporarily while you update and set up your other one so you can still work what do i do with my monitors you just you you said plural right so you put one on one (laughs) josh i can't do my job with one monitor have you ever uh, no i haven't (laughs) i'm a custodian i don't use monitors Going from two to one is so hard, Josh. Well, use your TV or go get another monitor. Buy a new monitor. Get one of those curved ones. <laughs> oh, I, I could just get one really big one for my new one yeah. and then just use uh, hook this computer up elsewhere maybe and Perfect. use that for work. Yeah, There we go. See? I'm sure that'll go over just fine with the partner. She won't care. I mean, Kyle, isn't it all about compromise? <laughs> <laughs> Erica, what do you want to buy that's really expensive? <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, uh, what was I going to say? What were we talking I don't know, about? Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, that was uh, worthwhile. Oh, uh, I said, speaking of PC and being excited, I played, I was playing Horrified via Skype yeah. last night. And I was talking to my Gloomhaven buddy and my Pathfinder DMGM. And I was like, hey, you have a PlayStation. And since you're not buying a new PC, we should play the Arkham Horror video game. And then he was like, oh, that sounds cool. And I said, oh, and if I buy it, Kyle gets it. Yeah. And we could play a three-player game because I was like, my Gloomhaven group keeps canceling and rescheduling digitally, so I'm not going to try to add another Mm. (laughs) digital board game to their slate. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, that's that was my side. That's how my brain works. No, we were talking good, about computers, start. and it made me think yeah. of Arkham Horror on the PlayStation. <laughs> that works. That's totally fine. Uh, cool. Yeah, only twenty dollar game too. So hopefully it's has it's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's been good twenty dollar games for sure. There's definitely good twenty dollar games. So cool. Anything else about uh, frame boosts? More of it. Let's do it. Let's uh, frame boost some games that need it though. What like what would be an example of that? I don't even. Okay, I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> it is funny though because I still every time I look at stuff because this like this article FPS boost for Skyrim. Every time I read FPS, I immediately go first person shooter. Uh, yeah, as I think most people do. Yeah, so then it's like FPS boost for Sky. Oh, frames. Okay, I always have to like catch myself there and be like, no, they're not talking about. Making Skyrim into a first-person shooter. First-person strategy. can be. <laughs> first-person bow and arrow shooter. Yeah. But, yeah. Cool. All right, Josh. Well, this is a story I think you would probably have some interest in based on what I know about you. And this mm. comes from GameIndustry.biz. Uh, Jay Raymond 
has formed a new independent development studio called Haven Entertainment Studios. Based in Montreal, Canada, the studio and its first game has received funding from Sony, so the debut title will be an original IP for PlayStation. Raymond is a game industry veteran, having held senior roles at Google Stadia, EA, and Ubisoft. She was responsible for the Star Wars console and PC games at EA and helped create the (laughs) Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs franchises for Ubisoft. She also set up Ubisoft Toronto and managed the team through the creation of his first game, Splinter Cell Blacklist. Mm. So, Josh, you're a Jade Raymond fan. I am. What are your thoughts on this news? Uh, It's exciting because hopefully she gets to do what we were expecting her to do with Google. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's show us that it's not lightning in a bottle. You know, that that she can do what she did for Ubisoft again. And I think if you look at the other projects... Well, if you look at like Star Wars, it's not with EA. That's not really the space for a creative. And I don't mean that necessarily as a like a dig at EA, but it's you're on more of a linear path and you have restrictions on what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is probably more me kind of just defending my stance on being a Jade Raymond fan because I think she okay. can do great things. I just don't know that. Um, we've seen that. We haven't really seen that since um, her work with Ubisoft. I would argue all of her work with Ubisoft was great. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe there was something to do with Ubisoft or maybe it's just some bad luck. But uh, I'm excited to see what, what she can do with uh, her own development team slash studio. Like this will be the big thing, right? Like whatever this game is. Yep. It's going to be like the test. Like, are we still excited for Jade Raymond games or studios or leadership or however you want to like view it? Yeah. Uh, so this is totally going to be a third person action game, right? I feel like it would. It has to be a third person <laughs> game. I mean, that's like, um, yeah, that's her bread and butter. Like even Splinter Cell Blacklist was a great game. So like. It was. I really like Splinter Cell Blacklist a lot, actually. So we see like that that talent is there. We just have to see what what comes out of it. So, knowing what you know about Jade and the fact that you've liked her previous games, yeah. knowing that um, you know this is an original IP for PlayStation. So I'm guessing, if like literally just founding the studio, we're probably not going to see this game till what 2025, 2024, 2025, uh, probably right. So it's considered an independent game, right? Yeah, so it well, Sony owns the IP. Yeah. So I'm guessing basically what's happening is Jade is like, I really want to create a studio, but I don't have the money to. So Sony's like, tell you what, you can form the studio. We will fund basically your first game that you make, and then depending how that game goes, I'm sure there's going to probably be additional conversations post. All right. So would be my guess through reading through this. Yeah. So okay, so independent studio, and I was like mixing that up with independent game so yeah because uh, she says because um, what it says in the article is i could not be more excited about this opportunity to return to my roots and work with this talented team to create a new ip together said raymond launching an independent studio with the backing of sony interactive entertainment gives us full freedom to push the boundaries of support of a publisher that deeply understands etc 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 yeah and then Herman Hulst from PlayStation said, Sony Interactive Entertainment is proud to support and invest in Haven and its future. So basically, it sounds like they are kind of giving the nest egg, but that 
technically Haven will be independent, yeah. but really Sony's kind of funding uh, the creation of the studio, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, this is still, I think, to the level of like Xbox announcing studio acquisitions. Like, mm-hmm. uh, this is pretty big news, and it's and whether people like it or not, I mean, uh, Jade Raymond is like a very renowned personality, or uh, not not personality is the wrong word, um, uh, figurehead in board in video gaming, like. Uh, so this is huge. I, I I feel like maybe it's not getting enough, um, I don't know, acclaim or press as like if like Microsoft bought Team Ninja, like like this could be really big. And the fact that Sony is doing this really doesn't that make you think like if their first game is a success that they'll just buy, like buy the studio and add it to Sony's like little group. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility that is giving them the ability to um, support a studio, but without fully committing to purchasing, right? Like, we're like, hey, we'll see how this goes. It's way less risk for us yeah. uh, by just giving you some money and see what you come up with. Uh, and if things go well, maybe either we'll, you know, you could look at an acquisition or you can say like, hey, this seemed to work well the first time. Let's just do this again. Yeah. And we'll give you some more money to make another game and you can still kind of do your own thing. So... And that is one thing that, you know, I, I people have different feelings on that. And I don't totally understand. Like, I get it, but I don't get it. If you pay a third player, a party developer to make a game for you, sometimes people get seem to get upset with that about why is that game exclusive? You know, yeah. you would rather they just buy the studio than let them make the <laughs> game. Like, that's the way that needs to work. I, it, yeah, it kind of, for me, is a back and forth thought on that. But. Yeah. Uh, any other? Oh, uh, do you have thoughts on what you would like to see this game be? Do you want it to be like a different take on Assassin's Creed, or do you want it to be something completely different? Like, what are your thoughts in general about this? I mean, I'd love it to be not even close to Assassin's Creed. I'd love it to mm-hmm. be just its own thing. Um, uh, that that game that Sony showed off at their their like tech demo for the Unreal Engine, like that screamed like a Jade Raymond game to me. Um, like maybe keep it to the third person. I'm okay if it stays third person, but I, I don't think that, I don't know. I don't know that you come across as being super unique and original. If you, your first game coming out uh, is a similar game to like a, a previous franchise you worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say I wouldn't play it. Cause if it's good, it's good. But yeah, um, I would like to see something different. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Uh, I would love to see, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I think it'd be pretty fun if either Amy Henning or Shannon Sudstill joined the studio. That would be awesome if they, if they did that. Yes. Yeah. One, one or both would be, I think a pretty cool idea. Um, and I think it would be very exciting that I don't know though, if Amy wants to work and make another game for PlayStation, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else you want to say about, uh, Jade Rabin and her new studio? Um, uh, no, I'm excited about, I'm excited about it. And I think you're right. It's going to be some some time before we even know what this is or see anything from it. So it's really just a wait and see. Uh, I'm going to inject a new topic if that's okay with you really quick. Uh, Did you watch the Square Enix little conference showcase that they did? I did. What were your thoughts? Um, Let me try to remember what they showed me. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I will walk you through it briefly. So they showed you Outriders to start. Did that? I know you were already excited for Outriders. Any thoughts there? I think once again they did a great job with their marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job, um, kind of giving people who don't know a reason to want to play the game. So I thought it was good. Cool. And then I'll just start listing things off. And mm. if you want to talk about them, go ahead and interject. Uh, they announced the Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's fine, right? Like, yeah. at this point, everyone's played those games, I would imagine. They were on Game Pass forever as well. Right. Yep. No, agreed there. I think I, I do think it is a game that likely most people have played, but it, now you can get them all super cheap if you don't have them by chance yeah. already. Uh, but they did say that more things were coming for Lara Croft and, and for Tomb Raider this year still. <laughs> yeah, Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, they also said that, uh, you know, the next one of these will be this summer. So this is Square Enix jumping on board with doing yeah. these digital, digital presentations. Uh, then we had a whole bunch of mobile games. They had the Just Cause mobile game, Hitman Sniper Assassins, Space Invaders AR, yeah. um, Tahu Spell Bubble Side Stories Pack 2 Sane <laughs> Arc, yeah. Darius Cosmic Revelation, hmm. Bubble Bubble 4 Friends. Anything about any of those? No. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, then they hit up with uh, the Marvel Avengers information uh, and then talked to kind of revealed War for Wakanda. Anything, thoughts on the Avengers stuff? Yeah, I, I don't I don't get the appeal of two uh, bow and arrow Avengers back to back, but yeah. I'm glad people are excited. Um, the Black Panther thing was ex- like, it's exciting, but we literally saw nothing. So I'm, I'm not holding my breath on that. Right. No, I, I hear you there. Uh, that game I think is in trouble. I, I, it's good that they are continuing to support it, but they are definitely. I don't know that they are in great shape uh, with that franchise. I, th- I think this game could be in trouble. And they laid out this roadmap of like twenty heroes, and they're struggling to get out three. Yeah, no kidding. And now <laughs> Spider Man is. Yeah. probably after summer right. at, at the earliest so we'll have to wait and see how that all goes so hopefully you know i do want to download this and, and give it a shot again but we'll have to wait and see uh then they talked a little bit very briefly there was a trailer for balan wonderland wonder world i still want to call it wonderland because of that first reveal yeah balan wonder world which apparently the demo was horrible yes the game <laughs> that is getting panned is. before it's even out <laughs> yeah did that do anything for you no all right, and then the last two things: Life is Strange, True Colors, and the remastered collection of the first two, or the uh, Life is Strange and Definitive the Edition or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts on that? I actually, Life is Strange, True Colors is the first. Uh, I thought it looked great, and I actually want to play yeah. it. And I it's agree. the first Life is Strange good. game I wanted to play. Yeah, I've played uh, the other. I have not played Life is Strange two, but I did play Life is Strange, and I played Before the Storm. Um, I do want to play Life is Strange two still. I I'm glad they're releasing this all together. Yeah, as you know that it's not going to be sit and wait. But I I like the fact that they are continuing kind of the uh, segmented episodic version of it, where you can take a break if you want to. Right, you'll have a good breaking point if you want. Yeah, or you can just kind of keep going. So I really like that they're doing that. Uh, and the game definitely looks better. Um, as far as graphically, like it, it definitely is a step up, I feel like, from the previous ones. Um, so hopefully that, resu- you know, obviously that's not everything, but I was surprised it was a $70 game. Is this or the other ones that expensive? No, but isn't the $70, isn't that the like the special collector's edition ones or is just the normal regular price one seventy? I thought it was um, the regular. Let me, let me look. Oh, the... I'm pretty positive the other ones have been more budget friendly titles. Yeah, I thought... Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, I mean, I didn't... Like, I have no 
knowledge of the older ones, like it's it's hard to look up the pricing now because um, it's, it's been years literally on just sale pulling reduced, up four dollars yeah. for Life is Strange yeah. <laughs> Deluxe Edition, and uh, before the storm isn't even popping yet. So Amazon has oh I because that's my problem. I googled before the storm. It's True Colors, right? True Colors Spice. Nope. Yeah, seventy one ninety nine for. The ultimate edition, okay, fifty three for the regular edition, sixty two for the deluxe. I wonder what's in the Those ultimate. Are really weird prices. It's from Green Man Gaming, so it's like uh, uh, one of those things where they're like probably guesstimate prices. Okay. Uh, the ultimate edition comes with four additional in-game outfits. Heck yeah! Uh, it comes with the complete game. A bonus story, a hero outfit pack. Oh, also the remastered games. So I guess that's not too bad. Seventy nine. Actually, it's it's on sale, so it's actually seventy nine for this game plus the previous Life of Strange games. Uh, regardless, I was surprised that it was a full price game, and that's probably just because in my head, I thought Life of Strange games were cheaper. Uh, but that shouldn't take away anything from the game, right? Like, you know, right. you're paying for what should be a full experience, whether that's a $20 game or an $80 game. Yep. Because um, God knows I paid $40 for Little Hope, and we could have paid 20 for it. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, but yeah, it looks really but good. Yeah. And it actually makes me think maybe I should play Life is Strange. You know, the Life is Strange games, they... Honestly, is there some cringy dialogue on occasion there is but overall they are they're really nice games like i I've, I've enjoyed them when i've played them i definitely would recommend them to people uh but i mean they very much are kind of that walking you know kind of walk around check some things out get to the next story beat walk around again get to the next story beat uh but i have enjoyed them i, I think they're an interesting look at some things and sometimes really tackle some very challenging topics uh in ways that while not perfect maybe uh more adeptly than <laughs> titles that cost quite a bit more money have sometimes so uh yeah i think they're definitely worth a play for sure all right josh and then the last thing that they showed uh kind of surprisingly i don't think most people were expecting to see this uh was a new trailer for what was formerly known as project athia or athia yeah. uh, which is now called forspoken uh what do you think about this game it looks really cool uh yeah, I don't know what else to say. We don't get too much. It looks like a girl from our times ends up in other times uh, because there is a dragon and she reacts probably how most people would react from now yeah. if they saw a dragon. And then we see some cool, maybe like, I guess, like infamous dashing uh, or something to that effect where you have this like midair dash through these giant wide open lands it looks really cool i agree i thought it looked really good uh supposedly coming out in 2022 we'll see um but very interested to see kind of how that game develops uh and uh, interesting to see you know if playstation's uh continued investment in buying exclusives for a while uh, is going to work well for them because the game looks really cool, but obviously it, it still needs to deliver. So, 
Anything else about the Square Enix presentation? Are you looking forward to their summer presentation based off of what you saw here? I mean, I guess I kind of forgot that I saw this, so I guess I'm not super hyped about okay. most of the things, but I did really enjoy um, the Before the Storms, uh, sorry, True Color stuff, and um, I mean, I'm still excited about Square Enix as a company in general, so um, I'm happy to see what they have coming out. I guess I'm like morbidly curious about the Avengers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so hey, as I'm, I, so I'm, I was scrolling through while you were talking about the price for. How um, dare you? <laughs> no, I was scrolling through because uh, I was trying to find the price on my on the PlayStation app for, um, Life is Strange, and as I was scrolling through, one of the games that populated that you could pre-order was Hood Outlaws and Legends. Do you remember that game? Yeah, the game that has still not come out. No, it comes out in May, apparently. Okay, so I'm still right. It still has not come out. <laughs> yeah, it still has not come out, but apparently, yeah, it's coming out in May, it looks like. So that's kind of exciting. I totally kind of forgot about that game. Anyway, totally side note. Josh, what's your third <laughs> topic this week? I guess I'm just getting updated that Dolby Vision is coming to Xbox officially. So that's pretty cool if you have Dolby Vision. Okay. Sorry, I just got a, no- a notification from Donnie. <laughs> uh, yeah, get a TV with Dolby Vision. It's exciting. Um, my third topic is a big question for you and for me and for everybody. We got some news about the Last of Us TV series, and my question to us and to you listening is, are great expectations going to hurt this show? And the reason why I asked that question is because, uh, from the lips of the babe himself, Neil Druckmann (laughs) Uh, the Last of Us TV show will at times deviate greatly from the game. And the reason why I ask this question is not because I don't think the show is going to be good. It's because I look at shows like Game of Thrones or um, His Dark Materials or any of Stephen King's adapted works or films like The Hunger Games or the Divergent series or even... Ready Player One, um, and maybe even Chaos Walking, which I haven't gotten to see yet. Uh, do we? We have this thing that we always say: the books are always better, as far as like cinema goes, and even TV sometimes. So I, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious what you think. Do you think people just want the same thing they've experienced, and if they don't get it, they want to say that this thing is bad because they're not getting the delivered experience. Can you, so you're a big last of us fan. I am. Can you watch this show knowing that they may change canon? Well, that's a great question. And thinking about the, the quote and what actually what Neil Druckmann said, he said that, you know, quote the philosophical underpinnings of the story um, should wear the same plaid shirt or the same red shirt, yada, yada, yada. That's way less important to us than getting the core of what these people are and the core of their journey. Yeah. Now, in general, when I watch media and like say I've read a book and then watch a movie, I am a person who always says this is the adaptation of this book to a movie. That doesn't mean it's going to be exactly the same beat for beat. And in some ways, I don't always want it to be because I already read the book. Like I already know that version of the story. 
right? And that version of the story will still always exist. So I can go read the book again. So when people change things for movies or shows or something like that, I am fine with it deviating or changing or adjusting as long as theoretically it still seems true to who that character is, right? right? Like if they change who the character is, then I'm like, well, why did we do – like why didn't we just do something totally different, right? right? Like then – but if the characters are still the same characters and I don't mean by what they look like, by, by how they act – their motivations, their philosophies, their core of who they are is the same, which sometimes, depending, like we've talked about with Black Panther, would be important. <laughs> Black Panther is probably a black person. But <laughs> yes. uh, other than that, in general, like as long as that core of who that person is and, and their philosophies and their way of doing things, as long as that stays the same, um, I'm okay with things changing because this is another take on the story, right? And you can't do everything on television in the same way that you can do it in games. So sometimes you might need to change things to make it actually like a better story. And maybe you won't like that and some people probably won't like it. But coming out now and saying things might change, I think is helpful, right? You're setting the expectations yeah. saying, hey, things are not going to be identical. Uh, but then also trying to recognize and, and keep in mind that what you do in one medium cannot necessarily directly translate to another medium. Right. So sometimes you might need to change things in order to still be able to tell a good or compelling story. Uh, and I think sometimes people lose sight of that. And often when people are like, oh, the book wasn't as good as – or the book was better than the movie, right? That What you create in your mind while you're reading the book is an unlimited budget. Right. Right? That can be anything. You There are no restrictions there. Where in, when you're making a movie, there are very real restrictions about what you can and can't do. Same with a TV show. There are very real restrictions compared to a video game where you could just build everything and then let the stuff happen in the place you've built. Yeah. Um, video games are much closer. Not exactly because there's still limits, obviously. But I think much closer to like what you imagine than what maybe producing a television show or a movie would be. So overall, I'm okay with some changes. Um, and honestly, really, as long as it's good, I probably won't care what the changes are. But maybe that's just me. What are your thoughts? Okay, well, I was going to ask you. So, like, thinking out, looking at the Walking Dead series, um, there's points where characters died that didn't die in the comic. There's um, parts where people lost uh, uh, appendages or or whatever that did or did not uh, have the same exact thing happen in comics. And people were pretty much um, uh, boycotting the show because of it. Do, do you think so? We have it is Joel and Ellie. We have that confirmation. We do have two Game of Thrones actors cast in these roles. Um, do you think it does it have to reflect the fate of Joel and Ellie? To like, if they did, if they change that up, do you think that that's okay? If it's fitting the story the show's taking. If if they kill Ellie, what would happen? Right, right. So this is probably why I'm a bad fan because I'm totally okay with them changing whatever. They I don't want think that to. makes you a bad fan. I think that makes you a fan of of what this is, which is a different thing. Yeah, and I have always been someone who, if wants a creator to to show me or tell me like what their vision is like i don't want them i don't want to dictate what that is yeah. like if i have a really strong feeling about the way something should be maybe i'll write a fan fiction about it or i'll <laughs> kind of create my own thing about yeah. it right like if you are the visionary and you're the creator 
I want to experience what that thing is that you are envisioning. I'm trying not to project myself onto it. I'm trying not to do those things. And that's just how I consume media. Uh, I want to be taken on the journey. I want to go along on the ride. And I, I really, truly, firmly believe that the game still exists. Like, that's a thing you can still go back to. So whatever they do here, they can do whatever they want. Like, the game is still going to be there. And I know I'm not, I know that many people don't feel about it that way. And that's fine. I understand that. Yeah. But to me, creators, let your visions and minds run wild. I am happy to go on this journey with you. Now, it might stink, right? Like, it might be bad, but it isn't necessarily going to be bad because they did something different. They might just execute it poorly. Right. Right. So just because it's different doesn't mean I'm going to like it. But ideally, hopefully, if it's well executed, I tend to not not like something. I'm not something like, oh, I didn't like it because it wasn't the same as the original or what I thought it was going to be. Um, it's just, again, my how I like to consume media and, and experience. Those yeah. Things, so. No, I agree. I, I think that uh, unfortunately, like the Internet community has been extremely toxic towards Druckmann. So I don't expect yeah. huge things as far as people becoming enlightened and enjoying the show but i also believe in the idea that they can change things i don't think they'll kill ellie that would be crazy right but um <laughs> there's a lot of things i didn't think would happen in walking dead that did happen so i can definitely see um like these divergent paths happening but um i'm just more excited like you to see this come to to television in some right. in some shape way shape or form so well, on the plus side, Josh, I mean, if they do kill Ellie, at least that they can't just go straight with the story of The Last of Us Part Two, right? Right. We can just... Fans should be happy about that, right? We can just get a full-on regular story about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Awesome. Anything else about uh, The Last of Us coming to HBO? Now it sounds like they filmed a bunch of episodes already, so it looks like yeah. we're closer to getting it than we thought. Yeah, it does seem like that way, indeed. All right, Josh. My final topic this week <laughs> is, unsurprisingly, PlayStation Beta acquisition, but maybe not the acquisition people were expecting, Josh, as it was announced that PlayStation has purchased Evo and they have welcomed them into the family. Yeah. So <laughs> this coming from Games Radar. PlayStation has acquired the Evolution Championship Series, a.k.a. EVO, the largest fighting game tournament in the world, the two companies have announced. In a joint statement, the companies say Sony and new esports ventures RTS have, quote, acquired the assets and properties, end quote, of the EVO series, meaning all future tournaments will be run by PlayStation in partnership with RTS, though EVO exec Mark Julio says the events won't be exclusive to Sony platforms. Also very important to note, EVO is still open to all platforms, Julio wrote on Twitter. The teams at PlayStation and RTS are enabling us to continue working with our community to support fighting games. Today, we are thrilled to announce the next chapter in the story of PlayStation and EVO, the world's largest and longest running fighting game tournament, reads the announcement on Sony's blog. Sony Interactive Entertainment has teamed up with RTS to acquire EVO through a joint venture partnership. With expertise spanning esports event management, branded developer consulting, and game talent management, RTS is a new venture lead by CEO Stuart Saw and backed by investors including global entertainment, sports, and content company Endeavor. Now, the funny thing about this, Josh, is that Endeavor is also the company who owns the UFC. So I have some sort of feelings oh. about this as a result of that. But anyway, Josh, what were your thoughts or reactions when everyone was like, oh my gosh, PlayStation made an acquisition, uh, but it's uh, Evo? Well, my on my honest first thoughts were 
I thought Evo died last year. <laughs> yeah. And this doesn't seem like a smart acquisition. Now, those are my first thoughts. Now, um, having time to look into it a little bit more and to think about it, it seems like a pretty smart purchase for Sony considering the games that they're promoting and playing and how many people are actively watching and participating in Evo. So I think really what this should be is an opportunity for Sony to step in and say, hey, we're coming in, we bought Evo, we're going to work with this team and we're going to make it safe for competitors and we're going to streamline how this works and we're going to make it big again. Um, And I think that's what they have to do because otherwise they just bought a dying product. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So the game, they have announced some of the games that will be happening. The event will be online this year, um, August 6th through the 8th and August 13th through the 15th. So it'll be all online this year, probably mostly because of pandemic. Um, But the games announced so far are Street Fighter V Champion Edition, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Tekken 7, and Guilty Gear Strive with more games to be announced soon. Uh, play, uh, Nintendo was reached out to for comment, and they're like, hey, we'll look into it. Yeah, and well, that's like, all they not, said, not on your life. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Smash Brothers will be there this year? No, I think that they need to uh, figure out how to make that work Yeah. Um, after what happened. And um, unfortunately, it's not even nearly, it's not even about the game. It's about the environment. And until they can make that work and figure out, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you're not having 12-year-olds play Mortal Kombat 11, right? So you have a little bit less to worry in that at, in that environment. But when you're, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, someday I can see Nintendo bringing it back. Nintendo's not going to host their own um, fighting tournament like like thing like this, to the level of EVO, at least. So it would be in Nintendo's best interest to keep Smash in Evo because it keeps their game relevant. Right. But but I mean, there's I would imagine there's still and I thought Evo was too, in damage control and trying to figure out a way to, to fix things. So I, I have I have no clue. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Um what Nintendo's statement said in full was, or mostly in full was, quote, enjoy, uh, that Nintendo has, quote, enjoyed engaging with fans at past Evo tournaments and wish the show organizers the best with their new venture. We will continue to assess Evo and other opportunities as we plan for future <laughs> offline, online and offline Super Smash Brothers tournament activity. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that there's not going to be Smash Brothers at Evo. It doesn't sound like it based on that statement, though. <laughs> no, it, it really doesn't sound like it that there's going to be. Uh, yeah. So do you think... PlayStation this Battle Al is... Star or whatever. <laughs> oh my Josh oh Josh, the the rumor bills that that came up after this was announced. Yeah. Uh things I've seen is that the next Street Fighter is going to be as PlayStation exclusive again, which yeah. based off the Capcom leaks that happened before is not true unless something changes there. Uh that PlayStation was now going to buy Arc System Works, who are the people who make like Guilty Gear yeah. and all that good stuff. That PlayStation Battle PlayStation All-Stars <laughs> Battle Royale was coming back. Like, it is insane the number of rumors that have come up now yeah. as a result of this acquisition. But what I was going to ask, Josh, is do you think this is a one-off? Or do you think PlayStation is going to continue to not necessarily just look for 
esports opportunities, but do you think they're going to continue to acquire other things that are next to the gaming space, right? Is it not necessarily buying studios to to make games, but it's yeah. like, hey, maybe we're going to look at something else connected to gaming that we want to have become part of the family. I mean, there's still Sony, right? They're not just PlayStation, so they have their they have their toes in everything. So yeah, I would imagine they'll still branch out. The fact that they're mentioning with The Last of Us um, that this is not the like there's going to be so much more coming from PlayStation, um, like entertainment. Yep. Um, so I would I could see them forming their own streaming channel, which includes Evo, like, and then it is included with PlayStation Plus, and now you're paying a hundred bucks a year, but you're getting Sony TV. Like I could see yeah. things like that happening, um, and it makes sense. Evo is something that I'm a, I'm gonna imagine this deal gives them access to all of the past recorded Evo events which gives you like an Evo channel. Um, like th- there's definitely a lot for them and in a company that already has phones, cameras, sound bars, full entertainment centers, TVs, consoles, like yeah. why, you know, why wouldn't this be the next thing for them? Yeah. It, it is an interesting move. Not one that I expected of uh PlayStation to buy, but for a while there, and it, it seemed to have slipped a bit, but maybe this is them coming back to it. It did seem like for a while, uh, Sony really wanted to be like the fighting game platform. I mean, that was very clear when they locked down Street Fighter Five, yeah. Um, and like a lot of the games, like Guilty Gear and all that, are really only on PlayStation. Uh, I'll be interested to see if uh, what the heck is the fighting game on Xbox? Which one, Killer Instinct? That one. I'll be interested to see if Killer Instinct is at Evo. Talk to me about fighting games, Kyle. I'm here all night. Let's do it. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I'll be interested to see if Killer Instinct is there. I've always wanted to be good at fighting games. I'm just not. Uh, it's kind of like driving games. I'm just not good. You at just them. have to have fun. You don't have to be good. Well, I mean, getting beat up by yeah. you for like 12 games in a row. Is that's a fair. Like, that's fair. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I just thought this was interesting. Uh, also, you know how, and this kind of relates to your previous point of like PlayStation kind of doing other things because you've we've talked about the rumored other studio in San Diego, right? Have we? Yeah. Well, there's a rumor that there was a San Diego studio, uh, a new San Diego studio that hasn't been announced yet that's working on Uncharted. Like that's kind of been the rumor. Oh, I didn't know that. But then, yeah, but then some people have left that studio. Um, and not what's sounding like, and I don't know if this is true, but what the rumor is, is that they weren't actually working on games there, but what they were working on was creating movies and television shows for PlayStation IP, but using game assets to do it. Whoa. So you'd have like a movie, yeah. but it all like an Uncharted movie, but it'd all be like, you know... Vo- it would be like Nathan Drake and Sully from like Uncharted Four, and and those actual models, and like using that to create a movie, because then they could still be voiced by the people who voiced them. <laughs> Are they gonna get sued by Machinima or Red versus Blue? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Right? Does Machinima exist anymore? Even? Uh, but yeah, so that was the rumor. Now the new rumor per se of what they were actually working on there that it wasn't games. Yeah, that they were making these like you know movies and television shows using the assets from games um, to create them. So. Wow. Which would fit in with what you're talking about of having like a Sony channel of stuff to watch. It would make sense. I mean, it's the only thing they haven't ventured into. Yeah. So, 
But yeah, this was not the news I was expecting. But hey, it's, I'm still interested to see how this goes. I'm also interested to see if Evo doesn't go well for a couple years, whether or not they keep doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, it just seems like a really bad time to buy Evo. But maybe the price was right. <laughs> I have no, I have no doubts that the price was yeah. right. Uh, and I'm a little. The reason that I'm worried about uh, Endeavor being part of this um, is Endeavor has basically bled the UFC dry of all. Yeah. Money. Uh, so I'm a little worried about that. Not going to lie. They have not been a great partner for the UFC, uh, as far as that goes. So very curious about this joint venture. And as a result of that, how long this joint venture lasts. It's like buying so. Miramax. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Some, some people out there get that joke. <laughs> All right, Josh. Well, that's all of our topics this week, which means since we're on, you know, the other week, it's prediction time. Mm, I forgot what about that. <laughs> on, on Monday before our podcast released on Tuesday, Josh. Um, boy, oh boy, what will be announced? Well, we just had a game pushed to twenty twenty two. Oh, we did. Here's what is going to be announced to not to my enjoyment. Um, uh. Was the Harry Potter game is going to get delayed to 2022? It already did. No, it didn't. That happened in January. Nah, yeah. did it? Wizarding World got Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, yeah, it got delayed to 2022 in January. Are you sure? I am 100 percent positive. I thought I still had it in my fantasy. Fact check away, Josh. Fact check away. I'm gonna have to because my, where's my games? Where are my games? <laughs> Show me my games. Okay. Uh yeah, I dropped it. You're right. <laughs> uh okay, 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 okay. What is gonna happen between now? So really quick though, while you think about that, yeah. do you think Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad are both gonna come out in 2022, or no. is Suicide Squad getting pushed another year? <laughs> Suicide Squad is gonna be 23. Okay, there's no way. Uh, okay. uh it's so hard to guess what's gonna happen between now and tomorrow. Well, and realistically, <laughs> you know, like. Nintendo just had an event. Xbox, yeah, has Sony is not coming. Sony just kind of had their stuff, so they probably don't have anything coming there. So, that, from an event standpoint, I think we're probably right. you know, kind of packed for a while for announcements of events. Yeah, and we have Future Game Showcase coming on Thursday, so yep. we're not going to get indie games announced between now and then. Uh, Returnal will be delayed. Oh, that one hurts. I hope you're wrong, but I honestly I could see it. Yeah, I, that would be a bummer. I though. feel like that they could delay that a week or two. Uh, I'm going to actually stay in the same delay boat because we've had a lot of delays. Uh, I think they're going to come out and say that God of War is being delayed to 2022. Yeah, that kind of still seems super crazy that they even said it would be this year. and We've seen nothing. I know. Yeah, we saw, uh, we saw a logo with a name that we don't even know if it's the name. Yeah. Because it just said God of War, Ragnarok is coming. So we've all been calling it God of War, Ragnarok, but we actually don't even know if that's the name of the game. Yeah, because Ragnarok is an event. Uh, <laughs> right, so. Yeah, and I, and I feel like at this point, to to keep their promise, God of War and Horizon would have to come out around the same time. And I don't think that they would do that. Right. Well, I mean, how far apart were Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part 2? Well, Ghost was a new IP, though. Yeah. It's not Horizon 2 and God of War. I mean, now it would be, because we know what it is and how good it is. But in Days Gone, like you have to, like I guess they were all within four months of each other. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, so maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. 
Um, and just as a side note, remember, you know, PlayStation people, uh, starting March 25th, you get all those additional play at home games, yeah. so 10 more games you can download for free. And if you're kind of into that whole anime thing, uh, starting March 23rd, <laughs> yeah, no, also March 25th, excuse me, you can get a free trial, a free trial of Funimation. It's not so, crunchy girl. Well, I mean, both <laughs> by PlayStation, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, but hey, you can watch My Hero Academia and Demon Slayer something, 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 and Attack on Titan and Fruits Basket. Can you watch Samurai so, Champloo? Because you should watch that if you haven't. I don't know if you can. But hey, and then Horizon Zero Dawn's coming in April. So there you go. That's exciting for people who haven't played it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Hey. Hi. I'm going to kind of move towards wrapping our show. Oh, did you have something else to say? No, you said hey. I said hi. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to move towards wrapping the show up, and obviously we are a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you our recommendations for a well-rounded life, so something else we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? I have, like, four recommendations. Like, it's unprecedented. Like, usually I'm, like, struggling. I'm like, go outside and take a lap around the block. <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm like, oh, I have so many that I want to recommend. I'm probably going to forget the other ones. Well, if you want to do multiple, go for it. We got time. No, no, I got to get. I want to stick to the format. <laughs> uh, okay. Because I'm already going to do two, anyways. Uh, oh, okay. My recommendation is um, the last blockbuster on Netflix. It was just finally added. Something I've wanted to watch for a while. Um, this probably means more to people like me, who worked um, at Blockbuster. It is just a pretty um, fascinating look into uh, the world of the last Blockbuster and also having conversations with um, mostly celebrities that, that have fond memories of Blockbuster and kind of talking about what it used to be like to go to Blockbuster uh, having worked there, they definitely left a lot of stuff out. I thought I would have thought it would be pretty cool to talk about, every, like how Blockbuster operated and what it was like to actually like work in this um, relic of a business. I know every time well, the whole time I was watching it, I kept thinking about you, about how you still have a video <laughs> store. Yeah, uh, like how weird is it that Kyle still has a video store he can go to? Well, we don't anymore. They went out of business. Oh, so you have none now. No, yeah, we don't have one anymore. It like literally went out of business like a month ago because of the pandemic. The whole I'm company sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, it's very fascinating. They talk about a lot of uh, things that was were, uh, were very important to me. So I I enjoyed it extra than I imagine most people will. However, uh, I think it's still worth a watch. It's not too long, and uh, you kind of get to see. So this is a franchised blockbuster. It's not corporate, obviously, because, you know, corporate would have shut it down. Not corporate, yeah. Um, but it is, it's funny in a lot of different ways, but it's also sweet in a lot of different ways. And uh, yeah, it gave me a lot of feels and it probably will for you if you were born in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, maybe skip. Uh, or if you don't know what a VHS tape is, uh I guess either way, watch it or don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're going to gain anything from it, but um, it's interesting to see. They also show, like, the last blockbuster had to evolve to current times. And I will say the steps that the the person running this blockbuster had to do are insane, and I would never do them for my job. 
uh, and unfortunate. It makes me. It made me sad actually um, that this person had to do what they were doing to stay afloat. But that's a good watch, and Doug Benson is featured heavily in it, and I love Doug Benson. Um, and then my second half plug. It's a plug, really. It's for our podcast. Dollar Cinema. It's on PSVG Patreon. I think $3 is the entry to get you in. It used to be a dollar. That's why it's called Dollar Cinema. But now I think it's $3. <laughs> we'll get you access to not only our show, Dollar Cinema, but um, many, many other shows. Uh, Kyle and I, uh, we kicked off this month with Justice League uh, Vanilla Edition. <laughs> and... Uh, if you're listening now, uh, we didn't we did mention at the end of our first show, which is available to you now. If you're listening, we are also covering the Snyder Cut as a double feature for March, um, and then we're going to announce our our film for April at the end of the Snyder Cut episode. So um, we'd love for you guys to come and listen, and also suggest some films to us to watch for Dollar Cinema. Uh, we're going to tweak the format a little bit based on the conversations Kyle and I had, uh, kind of getting it more streamlined. So hopefully we can do that for you sooner than later. But check out The Last Blockbuster and PSVG's DLC Dollar Cinema. Kyle, what is your well-rounded life suggestion? So mine is, you know, the offshoot of a show that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, and that is Last Chance You. But they are now doing it for a basketball. And I am not a basketball fan. Really don't like basketball all that much. Uh, and I think a lot of it is because I never really played it. So I just find the sport overall not that exciting to watch. It just is not something I have a great time with typically. But uh, yeah, the basketball version of Last Chance U is pretty darn good. Just like the football version of Last Chance U is. So even if you are not a fan of basketball... I think you might still really enjoy Last Chance You, uh, So go ahead, give it a watch, uh, and you know, learn some things about some people who are trying to improve their lives and how challenging that can be sometimes. So that is on Netflix, Last Chance You Basketball. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Hey, let's do it, everyone. Thanks for joining us. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfg. So please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all your social medias. And <laughs> whether uh, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. <laughs> you can find me on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I S. Kyle, where can people find you? You can find me at all my usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Obviously, Josh got a co-host here for the last few minutes. But as always, if you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Stop gaming.